Right, welcome everyone to the Fastest Fat Loss, part seven, which means we are now at the end of week six. So this week took um, an interesting direction. I took a break this week from the diet. Now, I had been thinking about this when we spoke last in part six. I just didn't mention it, but I've been thinking about it. There's a few things I could see which were happening which were causing some stress in my body. So while I looked good, <laughs> um, there was a quite a lot of, I think, just cumulative stress building up in my body, which, which my body was letting me know about that in a couple of different ways. So um, these are some things which I'll talk about, which might kind of help you guys to understand when to take a break. So now bear in mind, up to this point, I had done a good hard five weeks of dieting. Now, within those five weeks, which doesn't sound like much, but within those five weeks, there have been a lot of weight lost. So I said that I'd gone down from about 86 kilos down to about 80, about six kilos in five weeks. The true number is probably a little bit higher than that, probably more like 88, a fully sort of like, you know, fully uh, uh, glycogenated, fully fed number was probably more like 88 kilos. So dropping quite a lot of weight quite fast, and I'm already relatively lean. So I ended sort of last week by thinking to myself, well, you know, I, I probably need a bit of a break. And this is why my sleep, which is the biggest thing, which biggest indicator for me, got terrible. Now, I'm not normally a massively great sleeper anyway. I used to be, but um, around about my mid-30s, sleep tended to go to crap for some reason. So sleep started to become really bad. And that was, it was unworkable. It was to the point where it was just, you know, like really, really bad. And then it started to affect productivity during the course of the day, which that's not very good. I think one or two bad nights are fine. Most people can push through a couple of bad nights, even a week full of sleep. But if it's like a week or two and it's just every day, that's not healthy. And ultimately it's not, yeah, it's gonna, it's not workable. And uh, yeah, it's not gonna be healthy long-term. So that was one indicator. Like I need to take a break, need to pull back. Second thing is, and this was very unusual for me, my digestion was just ended up absolutely crap. And this, I have no idea why it happens, but it does seem to happen to me on the tail end of the diet. Tail end of the diet, uh, digestion tends to go really, really bad. So I just end up having a lot of food stuck in my stomach and it, it just doesn't seem to pass through, which is really weird um, because I never have digestion issues, like never. Only during the extreme parts of the diet, maybe, I don't know, three occasions in the last 20 years, I've had an upset stomach. And they've all come at the tail end of a diet phase or midway through when I've taken a break. So yeah, that was weird. And I still haven't figured out why that is. All the usual um, things that I would say with regards to digestion were all covered. So adequate water intake, um, adequate electrolytes, they were all covered as well, adequate fiber. Um, so I can only sort of think that at that point, just the body is under general stress. And that's, that's what we're experiencing. Um, but I don't know exactly why that occurs. It's something to, um, to think about and investigate further. So in any case, um, sleep was terrible. Digestion wasn't great, which as a result had a knock-on effect with productivity, which that's, I can't really uh, justify that, uh, particularly when I work for myself. So that's when I decided to take a break. Also, I will say weight loss was still going relatively well. Like it was still plowing along quite nicely. Um, yeah, so that wasn't exactly an issue. So it's not always what you might think 
So weight loss was flying, really, as you've seen my updates. Um, so it wasn't necessarily the weight loss that was a problem. Um, that wasn't an indicator this time of whether I needed a break. It was more just stress, I guess, full bodily stress. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of times diet, the breaks are uh, talked about in the within those conversations where we talk about um, how effective the diet is. So whether it starts to slow down, whether you start to see signs of metabolic adaptation, that wasn't really the case with me. Um, I was pushing hard and my body was going along with it. It's just there were various things which were occurring, which made the process of dieting unpleasant. Yeah. So I think you know, this is one of those things where I think when people start to have stalls in body weight, a lot of times it is just the fact that they, for whatever reason, they are starting to cut corners. There is some slowdown, but if you really, this is why why I push diets like this for myself at least. If you're on a diet like this where you really aren't eating a massive amount, there's no amount of metabolic slowdown that's going to overthrow this level of deficit. So I think for most people, when they experience a weight loss plateau, it's simply because they don't want to admit it, but they're eating too much. Maybe they don't realize how much the slowdown affects them. But the reality is slowdown will only affect them to a certain extent. And the bottom line is they're just eating too much. And this is, of course, saving for any um, water retention issues, particularly with women certain times in the month. Um, but in general, yeah, that's that's the case. And I think there's this is why having a coach is quite useful because you have this objective measure, an objective uh, pair of eyes who's looking at you going, well, actually, you know, let's take a look at the diet. Let's have a look at where you might be sneaking in food. And I think where you're, when you're, when you've been dieting for a while, you tend to start to justify little snacks. You tend to start to justify um, little bits of chocolate here, a lick, a bite, all that kind of stuff. And that's ultimately what slows down the progress. It's, uh, it's, it's never really anything obvious. Uh, this is why people have trouble with, you know, their weight because it's, they don't understand, like it's not obvious there. <laughs> And that's that's the insidious thing, you know. They'll they'll cut a few corners, you know. They'll have a have a little bit of extra whatever in their meals. They'll have a bit of chocolate on the side. They'll have X, Y, and Z, all things which they don't feel will really count for anything, but all things which will just make the diet harder and it'll make results harder to come by. So that's typically what occurs with people, and that's general. But that is what separate to what I want to explain what happened here. What here weight loss is still coming along fine. This diet break was literally due to quality of life issues. So that's something different to diet, diet breaks used as a way of refreshing yourself mentally. And I believe this is one of the reasons why diet breaks have come under so much um, controversy over the last, I would say, year uh, with guys like Jackson Payos and a bunch of other guys talking about how we don't actually need diet breaks. And I would agree with that. We don't technically need them. You know, physiologically speaking, fat loss will still occur. <laughs> that's what I've been demonstrating now. But it's the psychological component. That's really where we think, okay, psychologically, I've got to reduce my stress as well because I may well be cutting corners and I may well be just be grinding myself into a, into a plateau, which from the outside of things, it feels like I'm still working hard, but because I'm sneaking in X, Y, and Z, my weight is actually stopped. And guaranteed, that's always the case, you know, always. Because it still is calories in versus calories out at the end of the day. And um, I'll talk about it openly on this podcast, but it's a topic which is a very difficult discussion to have with people. It's extremely difficult to have with a dieter. Um, because if you've got a dieter who, by the very definition of where they are in the diet, 
they are a good few weeks into it. They've already lost quite a lot of weight, but they are starting to plateau. And they're starting to plateau simply because they are sneaking in extra calories. Having a conversation with that dieter who feels like they are putting effort out, who feels like they are working hard, having trying to have a conversation with them to suggest that they may well be sneaking food in, that's a really difficult conversation to have. And it's never an easy one to broach because it always, almost always, the client feels attacked. And I think that's tricky. Unless you've got someone who's sort of very mature and experienced with things, you've got to do that in a very subtle way. You know, like, for example, let's take some pictures of your food. Let's reestablish um, macros. Let's do a check on those. Let's look at a food log, all that kind of stuff with portions. Even then, you know, it can be difficult. I've, I've had people do a food log where the food log has looked perfect. <laughs> and, I, and I know full well it's not. Um, so it's a difficult conversation to have because if they're already at the place where they are forgetting to log things, then they're not going to automatically not it's it's difficult for them to then automatically snap out of that and then log it because you're doing a checkup so really it's up to the client to come out of that themselves and to to sit, sit up and go yeah you know what that extra lick that extra bite that extra handful of this before i leave the house before i go on my walk it all adds up and that's what's actually stalling my progress rather than anything massively obvious so going back to what i was saying at the beginning i think the where people think they plateau is they think they plateau because of like obvious things like, oh, I ordered a kebab on a Saturday night or I had a beer on a Saturday night and then that's it. For the most part, those kind of obvious things are a lot less harmful. It's the little things. It's the constant low-level little things which really screw the diets up. I think particularly if you've got a relatively slow metabolism, let's say your maintenance is 2,000 calories, you're, you're a female on the smaller side or inactive, the difference between you losing weight that day and maintaining your weight or even gaining weight is probably only a couple of hundred calories. And that is literally a strip of chocolate <laughs> and a handful of peanuts. That's it. That's you done. Your entire day of dieting was if, was eliminated. Your entire deficit was eliminated just because of those two snacks that you had, possibly just leaving the house on your way for a jog, you know, or something you ate while you were cooking. Uh, and you were just, you know, hungry. Uh, it's that easy. Um, so anyway, that I was a little bit of a segue into why most people really need diet breaks. Here, why I'm having a diet break here is not because of that. It's simply because quality of life was starting to go down the drain. Sleep was terrible. Digestion was awful. Uh, and that was having a effect on my productivity. So now this week, what's happened this week? So as a result, it's taken a few days, but sleep has started to get better, um, <laughs> which is good. The negative is I'm holding on to a lot of water. <laughs> it's, um, it's a funny thing because like, if you've been dieting for that long and then you introduce calories back in, depending on who you are and how your body handles it, I think my body handles it worse now I'm older, um, I tend to hold quite a lot of water and it feels like I've gained a little bit of weight. I've gained about, I think, four pounds. And it feels like I've gained those four pounds directly onto my face. <laughs> so, but that's okay. That'll, that'll come off. So yeah, it seems to be, I'm holding a bit of water. This was also um, exasperated by, I had a few days off the gym because again, I, it was all part and parcel of needing a deload. Um, so that's what I tend to do. I tend to match the diet breaks with a, either a deload or just a week off the gym. That helps a lot, by the way. Uh, it's a good time to, 
place your diet break is when you're also having a little bit of time off the gym. Um, just to let your body kind of de-stress. So as a result of your body de-stressing, yes, sleep gets better. Quality of life should get better. Digestion gets is a lot better now. Um, in fact, digestion is back to normal now. But my body is holding on to some water, which is not brilliant. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at this week. Now, in terms of looking forward for the rest of the time leading up to my birthday, I'll tell you this, guys. At the beginning of the week, I was thinking to myself, I'm just going to call the diet here. I was just thinking, you know, I'm done. <laughs> But this is why we don't make decisions when we're stressed, you know. So having had the week now and just kind of feeling things out, feeling and acknowledging the fact that I did need a break, acknowledging the fact that I needed a break for all those quality of life reasons, also acknowledging the fact that I needed a break from the gym. Like I had been going pretty damn hard in a deficit for a long, long time. So needed a break from the gym as well. So as a result, I do now feel mentally ready to push back, which is nice. So I was thinking I'm probably, uh, originally at the start of the week, I was thinking, you know, I'm done. I'm probably going to maintain until my birthday um, because I do look pretty good now. Like, you know, physique is looking, it's starting to look, when I get a pump on in the gym, I'm starting to starting to look pretty um, abnormal. Let's, to, if you're not involved in the bodybuilding community, um, yeah, that's probably the best way to explain how I'm looking now. If I take, if I take my jumper off, just, just my vest and stuff, I'm starting to look quite abnormal. So muscles are full, lean, vascular, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I was part of me was thinking at the beginning of the week, I'm going to just call it there and just maintain. However, I am feeling a lot more ready to push it again, push for a week, making one more push down. And I tend to feel quite good when I'm dieting. So yes, that will be something. At least I'm going to try it for another week. As it is with all these things, I'll give it a try for a week, see how I feel. The challenge that I'm going to face now is the same challenge that I faced in week one, which was, I don't know how my appetite is going to respond. Am I just going to be absolutely ravenous the first week back? Or is my appetite going to play ball and just die down? We shall see. So I'm going to give you guys an update on my body weight now. So we left last week. I averaged 80.36 body weight, 80.36. This week, I'm averaging 81.88. And I've weighed myself, I think, three times. So that's a gain of about 1.52 kilos, which is about three pounds, which is to be expected. Going from that depleted to full, full of food. Yeah, I'm happy with that. That's, that's a very good rebound. Three pounds is very acceptable. So particularly at my size, three pounds is a-okay. So yeah, all good. Feeling pretty, pretty happy about that. So if I was to go back to the diet, which I'm planning on doing either Sunday or Monday, then pushing that for a week, I would expect to see that number shoot down drastically fast because that'll be a lot of that initial water glycogen which you always lose at the beginning of every cut so yeah we shall see so i'll do an extra week that's my definite plan and then we shall reconvene next week <laughs> and see how we get on all right thanks for tuning in and uh, take care